change everything in your walk with Him. If we think so many times about how we... You can keep playing, Bill. I like that. I'm going to get my hanky out and get my hut on. And, uh, but uh, just... Uh, we get so many concepts about God. And He's God. But more than that, He's your Father. He's your Father. And if I heard one of my children... Sean's my oldest. And I know he was giving Lori a bad time, but he's actually turning 40 this Sunday. I deserved it. <laughs> but, if, but if I heard one of my other children come to him and say, Sean, you're the oldest. You must be dad's favorite. Could you? I need to ask dad something. Hi, Jack. Um, Come here. We're just having a moment. <laughs> he, uh, but if I heard one of my other kids saying, Sean, could you go ask Dad? Because I know he loves you better. I know that if you ask him, he'll give you whatever you ask. So I need a favor from dad. I need dad to do something for me. So would you go ask dad? My heart would be broken to think that one of my kids had to ask one of my other kids to ask me to love them. And when you think you have to ask me as your pastor to pray for you, because God hears me and he doesn't hear you. You're his child. He is your father. And he so loves you. Jesus said, Matthew 6, put it up, Luke. He said, when you go to pray, go into your room. And when you shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who doesn't just see you, but hears you in secret, will reward you openly. And for Jesus to do this, it blew everything out of the water. He didn't say, go to God. He said, go to your Father. Because He'll show up with resounding bass. Get back to my place. <laughs> and he will hear you. And he will reward you. He will answer what you ask of your father. Look at this little confession we put on your outline there. It just says this. And I want you to hear this. Please hear this. You could say it with me if you like. Today I declare with, my, with confident assurance that my Father knows me, hears me, loves me with an everlasting love. 
Today I choose to walk in the confidence that comes from knowing the love that the Father has for me. He has set his desire upon me and I'm the object of his love. Every moment of every day in every season and through every circumstance of my life, his mercy covers me, his grace provides for me, his love directs my steps every day of my life. He's your father. He's your father. You say, do you know God? I don't want to know if you know God. I want to know, do you know your father? Do you know that he loves you? The most profound thing Jesus said was this. Look at this. The declaration that Jesus made to those who heard him with that, they were now able to call God their father. That throughout the millenniums before that day, Man, you can search all, I'm ahead of myself, but you can search all this writing of the, of the extant writings of the, of the scriptures, of the Torah, of everything back as far as you can go. In any Hebrew writing, any Jewish writing in their culture, it wasn't until 10 A.D. that God was referred to in Jewish culture as Father. But yet Jesus... On the Sermon on the Mount began. He says, when you pray. And 16 times. In the Sermon on the Mount. In three chapters, 16 times. He says, your Father. And in the New Testament, over 260 times. God has called your Father. He is still God, but God has left the regions of the untouchable and He's come down into an intimate love walk with you. And if you would ever open your heart and receive the love of the Father, everything changes. This knowledge of the Father is the first and simplest truth, but also the last and the highest lesson we learn. Even given a lifetime of devotion, it will still require eternity for us to fully comprehend what it truly means. Because I submit to you, the best Father you could have pales in comparison to the much more love of God. When Jesus said, if you as men having evil in your heart, but you could find out how to be good, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gift and give the Holy Spirit to his children who ask him? It's hard to relate to a God as a good father when you do not have a good father to relate to. It's too easy to fall into the trap of filling the void of fatherlessness and intimacy with counterfeits and substitutes that still leave a void of emptiness in our lives because of our brokenness we're afraid to trust again but Jesus in his first sermon declared the father was God 16 times if we were ever able to grasp with our heart that being in Christ and receiving him as our savior means that we are now sons and daughters of God as I've already said everything will change It's my prayer for you this morning. Some of you need that breakthrough in your heart. You you feel like God is distant. You feel like he doesn't hear you. You feel like you need everybody in the world to pray for you. You've, You've never really experienced what it means to be in that secret place and literally hear the voice of your father say, Child, I love you. And I'm here for you. But I'm telling you, the father's in the house this morning. Could you say amen? He's just gonna love on you. Hear me this morning. See, yes, we're heirs with Christ and the reward of His inheritance is ours, but we're also fully equal as sons and daughters. 
We're fully equal. The only difference is we, we, we have different occupations in the family business. We're all employed by the same father. We, we all work in the same kingdom. We're all part of the same house. We have older brothers and younger brothers, and so, some have difficult times, and some have other times. And sometimes we look at the one having the difficult time, but the one that looks like he's not having the difficult time has the worst heart. You remember the older brother stayed home? Oh, I did everything you said, but with an attitude, Bubba. You, you may have stayed home, but your heart was in a far country. And the place your heart was was worse than the pig pen your brother's in. Because the pig pen was superficial. The pig pen was temporal. The pig pen was outside. Your pig pen is in your heart. See, it's now your father's heart and will for you to hear his voice walking with you daily. God wants each and every one of you to hear his voice daily. So in these next couple moments, I just want to talk to you about redeeming the orphan's heart of the lost. And some of you have carried this orphan's heart. You can be saved and still carry an orphan's heart. You can be raised in, 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 a, in a great family and still carry an orphan's heart. I prayed for one of our men after service this morning. He goes, you know what? He was just telling me his backstory about his life. When I was raised up, I was never affirmed. I never did this. I never believed I could. And I grew up this brokenness. And he's praying for, 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 for an addiction to be broke off his life. And here I have a senior adult man saying, asking for reconciliation in his heart from an orphan spirit that he's carried all those years. Loves God, but he's carried a wound from his past. God touched him and ministered to him. See, with Adam's fall at the, at the entrance of sin into the life of man, the bond of fellowship with God as Father was broken. God created man to be in an intimate relationship with Him as His child. We need to understand sin always changes relationships. Sin always changes relationships. Take a husband and a wife. If one or the other violates the trust and the confidence of the other, immediately that relationship becomes closed. And the person who violated the trust becomes closed off. We try to hide it. Things are different. We sense a space. You don't know what it is, but you sense there's a closed offness because sin changes relationships. Nowhere in the Old Testament we already said, is God ever called Father? But I want you to hear this. Every person you and I know outside of Christ carries within them an orphan's heart. When you meet someone on the street, every person you meet, if they don't know Christ, they're carrying an orphan's heart because the love of their Father, the Heavenly Father, is for them. And they haven't been reconciled. But this amazing love is available to every person you meet everywhere you go. His love is there. And if we ever get the love of the Father inside of us, it'll change us. Somewhere we'll lose our critical spirit. As I was talking to Pastor Kadisha, our, 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 our pastor uh, friend from Iran, and that, and we just began to talk about this. And, you know, you, you may see somebody on the street doing different things. You, may, you could see the prostitute. You could see the, the, the homeless person. You could see the drunk. You could see the down and out person. You could see that person. You can see the person that, that, that's vandalizing or doing whatever. You can see the report of the person on, on the news. Say, well, why do they do that? Because they have an orphan's heart. They have brokenness in their lives. And nobody's ever told them they could be made whole. And so they, they, they act out of their pain and they act out of their rejection. They act out of their abandonment. Yesterday, as we were driving down to have lunch with Pastor Kadisha, I'm pulling off the freeway. 
on Sunrise Boulevard. And here's a gentleman standing there with the cardboard sign. Best sign i ever seen yet. Most honest sign. Just said this, hella hungry. Hella hungry. That's a man I can relate, dude. So I just rolled down my window and I gave him some money. I said, come here. I just gave him some money. Because Jesus said, he didn't say I was clean. He didn't say I met your standard. He, he didn't say I, I, I came up to your values. He said I was hungry and you fed me. Now think, I don't know about you, but I, I try to walk in the humility of the Lord, but I have enough pride to be hard for me to stand on the corner with a sign that said, hella hungry. And it's easy for people to pass by, would drive by, dude, get a job. Well, if he could, maybe if he had transportation, he could get a job. And people go, well, maybe he made $5,000. i am just telling you, if he made $5,000 a day, he needed $5,000. I could care less if somebody behind me, everybody gave him money and he made a bunch. But to be, how many know what I'm saying? And see, maybe your sign wasn't on a street corner. Maybe you weren't in a brokenness. Maybe you weren't that desperate. Maybe your sign just said hella discouraged. Hella broken. Hella ashamed. Hella abandoned. Rejected. Whatever. Came after it. And it is amazing. That when you held up your sign to God, He didn't tell you to get a job. He didn't tell you to clean up. He just came and took the sign out of your hand and said, come to my house. You're my child. I've been looking for you. And He gave you the adoption as His child. Amen? And for you and I, if we ever, rem- wait a minute, I'm his child. When I meet somebody like that, if I could just tell them, hey, you have a father. And he has a place for you in his house. And he'll adopt you if you'll just say yes. See, people have an orphan's heart because they're with the identity, without the identity of a son or a daughter of God. Let me bring it down in area here just in a minute. And so without that, if you ask them, you know, a real orphan, at times people, when people say, you know what, we, we don't want this child, we don't want to abort our child, but we don't want, can't raise our child for whatever, because sin has affected that relationship in such that they don't feel they can carry the responsibility for that life. So they say we have to give up that life. And some adoptions are made where it's sealed so the child will never know them. But other adoptions are made where the child goes into foster care and then the parents are pleaded with and given opportunity and chances to, to reconsider. But yet they go to the place where they say, we give it up and my little granddaughter, Grace, she's born her parents are given these options to reconsider and they just give it up but the father heart of God says hey this is what I'll do I'll move upon this couple and they'll love Gracie 
And they'll bring her in. And the love they have will supersede the love of what her parents couldn't give her. And I'm telling you right now, my son and my daughter, Dana, Sean and Dana, they love my little granddaughter with more love than you can imagine, more than she will ever know. She's a treasure in our life. But Grace is going to have to do what you have to do. She's going to come today where she grows up and she realizes and go, wait a minute, and some, she'll find out, with well, Mommy, Daddy, you mean you're not my real, you love me, but you're not my real daddy and, and my real mommy, and something happens, so there'll be a day where she'll hear the story and she'll have to reconcile that, and she'll have to let the love of adoption. Are you with me this morning? She'll have to let the love of her father who adopted her heal and overwhelm and overcome the love of the rejection. And when we come to God as Father, He gives us that brand new identity and that value and that new direction. And He says, if you let me, I will heal the pain of your past. Are you with me this morning? See, when we don't have that identity, we can't say, who's your father? And then the orphans try to find value in everything this world has to offer, only to be disappointed. I watch people all the time trying to find value. They identify with this fad and that fad. This will make me value. This will make people like me. And nothing does and nothing changes. Then they just get discouraged because they have no true identity. So you can't find value in life outside of a true identity of who you are. And you are a child of God. And then if I don't have any identity and I don't have any true value, I don't know which direction to go in. And so I keep trying all these different things. They wander through life lost with no true sense of direction, randomly searching for a path that they hope will lend them, lead them to a place where they'll be happy, secure, content, fulfilled, at peace, yet never finding. Amazing thing happens. Because without being adopted by the Father, they spend their entire life with no clear direction, no real sense of value, and no true identity. All of which can only come from our Father. Amazing thing to me, I said it two weeks ago, is that I waited all my life for my dad to be a father. Fortunately, he never knew how. So some of you like me, you waited your whole life for your dad to be a father. But let me just help you. Broken people can't fix themselves. People can't give what they don't have to give. And if you keep expecting something from somebody who doesn't have it to give, you're only going to disappoint yourself. So God, I got saved. And I found out that I had a great father that believed in me. And and I came back as such a failure. God said, hey, son, I have purpose for your life. And, And he just gave me this great direction. 
I've been just living this amazing life of God's direction. I have this great sense of identity. I love it. I don't, I don't care who I'm with. I don't know about you. I'm not intimidated by anybody. Because I'm the same kid they are. You have no greater standing with God than anybody. I'm sorry, there's no coolest in the house. You're not the big cheese of anything. Amen. In fact, when you think you are, Dad might have to teach you a thing or two. Are you with me? So, so, so when you understand that, and you understand that your father has set his value over you, you can stand in the company of anybody. Being a pastor is amazing. You, you get around pastors and ministers, and they're so insecure. Because everybody compare. What's your church like? People go to church. Well, do you have this? I don't care, man. Man, if you're looking for stuff we don't have, God bless you. Amen. There's somebody that'll have it if that's what you want to relate to. How many know what I'm saying? And so you're not trying to keep, you don't have to try to hold people, keep people. You don't have to try to please people. Can I? Man, you twist yourself into a knot. You can't do it. And then when you provide what they want, they don't stay long enough to enjoy it anyway. They leave you. For you? The heck you go? What's up with that? Let's go, God. It's like you have pastors of thousands. We just hang out, man. It's cool. God bless you. Glad you're doing that. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Like I said a while ago, I said, hey, you're awesome. You do great things. You would never go where I went. Because you're built different structure. Are you with me this morning? What's in you is where God put in you to go, where he needs you to go, what he needs you to do to reap the harvest he set for your life, to fulfill his purpose and his kingdom and your value. And when you do that, your value is equal to anything anybody else does. And when you know that, you're just free. Glory to God. People say, Pastor, why do you act like you do? Because I am a free man. I don't have to act different than I am. Glory to God. You just be yourself. Amen. How many of you love your crazy kid the best? Yeah. I mean, uh, Sean and Dana, my, uh, my grandson Chase, he's awesome. Because you never know where he is, what he's doing, what he's up to. He just chased, Chase, why are you looking that floor? Why are you looking the bumper of that truck? Why are you looking your shoes? I just like to lick stuff, glory to God. And he's happy licking the world. Amen. He's going to grow up and lick the world. <laughs> just preparing. Amen. <laughs> it's awesome. And you rejoice. That is so cool. He's licking everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you look at yourself and you discredit yourself and do everything else. And, and that who cares? Your father loves you. Am I helping anybody this morning? Come on, give God a praise in the house. But watch this. What happens is that Jesus comes and declares to his disciples, to them, teaching them to pray. Look at what he says. Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, He says, after this manner, pray, our Father. The moment you say our Father, you just declared your identity. The moment you say thy kingdom, 
you just declared your position of value. Because he is your father and it is his kingdom that is in your life. You are an heir in the kingdom. You have a ring of royalty upon your hand. You are your father's child. When the father came out to meet the prodigal, he put the robe of identity upon him, the ring of the kingdom upon his hand, and he put shoes on his feet. And when you say, thy will be done, you just said, from this day on, I'm content walking your path in your direction for my life. Never again will I have a day where I do not have a clear identity, a sense of true value, or clear direction in my life. Amen? Praise the Lord. Amazing what the Lord did. Now I just want to share a thought with you as we close this morning. It's amazing to know God is our Father. It's amazing to know His redeeming love and grace in our lives. It's another thing not to be spoiled. It's another thing not to be selfish. It's another thing not to be jealous of others. It's entirely different when you look and you understand. Kadesh and I were talking about this. The young man with the sign, hella hungry. Somebody's child. We have on this wall over here names of multitudes. Many of them people's children. I don't know, maybe that young man's name is on there. But while we're looking and judging the young man with the sign, a mother and a father have put his name on a wall for him to be redeemed. And the heart of the father breaks when he sees the child in a place of discouragement and abandonment and despair. The heart of the father praised and believed. Donnie did so well two weeks ago. We talked about the prodigal his father just going out to the gate and you just think because he sees him a far way off. So that means he's looking. So every day the father is always looking for the child to come home, for the son to come home. And I loved it when Donnie said it was such a great thought that while he was feeding the fatted calf, while he was keeping that stalled animal there, he's, he's, in his heart he's believing for restoration. The day's come. My son's coming home, so I'm, I'm preparing the meal by faith in advance. And every time he fed that calf, he was feeding his faith. What an amazing thought. And every time you pray, every time you think about the reconciliation, you're feeding your faith for your child to come. Because yes, they're in a destitute place, they're in a far place, but the heart of a father is always for forgiveness and restoration. And what I'm saying is that if we ever have our heart changed, his heart becomes a heart. Paul said that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We get the, the mind of Christ, but we get the heart of the father. And we just love people. And you just look and say, hey, I love you. I love you. You know what I found out? Whatever people do doesn't hurt me. I had a young man I was trying to help one time. Just loving on him and bring him into our home. And brought lots of people over the years in our home. And this young man, he just had a relapse. He called me up and said, oh, pastor, I let you down. I failed you. I said, son, you didn't let me down. You didn't fail me. 
I said, you only hurt yourself. I said, I'm in my house. I'm going to sleep in my bed tonight. Your choice hasn't hurt me or affected me. And sometimes we miss that because we think people's choices somehow personally affect. It's not affecting you. And we just begin to be broken for people and say, ah, like a father, if they keep making those choices, it's just going to hurt themselves more. And so then your heart begins to seek reconciliation. You want to see them come into the true fellowship of adoption with their father. Because you know that's what God has for them. He wants to restore their identity, their value, and their direction so their life could be whole. He wants every person free. Amen? In Luke chapter 14, the scriptures are there in your outline in that, and I won't take time, but the essence is this, is that Jesus is giving them the parable of the master that gave the great feast, and he goes out and invites everybody, and the people who are invited give him all the, all, all the uh, excuses for not being able to come, and, and they go, hey, we invited people, and they won't come. Jesus said, well, then go out in the highways and byways, and go get me the orphans. Go get me the orphans. And bring them in. Go get the sick and the lame and the halt and the outcast and bring them in. And the servant comes out and goes, Master, we brought them in. But there's still empty seats at the table. And the master says, that is not acceptable. You go out and you find those people and you compel them. And you drag them in here. Look at it. here. In your, look at it. The Holman Study Bible says, make them come in. Look at the Amplified Bible says, constrain them to yield and come in. The Message Bible says, drag them in. I love that. Just think next Sunday, you come to church. We get 25 people coming to church and somebody behind them, I God! I God! <laughs> yes, you are. I'm dragging you. It's for your own good. The Father wants to love you. There's a seat for you in his house. He's prepared a place for you at his table. And if you're too silly to recognize it, I'm going to drag you to the table. So Jesus is saying, be relentless. Love enough to be relentless. Let me ask yourself. See, the Father and the Son will not receive an excuse except an excuse for an empty seat. Jesus said, the seats will be filled. I want my house full. By invitation or by those who have been made to come in, being urged, constrained, and dragged to His house. So ask yourself two questions. First of all, have you allowed God, the Father, to heal your orphan's heart? I'm going to ask the rest of the worship team to come up. While they do, would you bow your heads? Right now, you might be here today and you've never known the love of God as your Father. You never accepted his forgiveness for your sins. You've carried the guilt of your life and your choices and your pain. You keep trying to be right, make yourself right, get things together. And as soon as you get things straightened out a little bit, then you're going to ask God to forgive you and give your life to him. And 
Then after that, you're going to try to do your best to serve him and please him, make him happy. But that's not what the father asked. The prodigal came back and said, I'm going to go to my father and just ask to be a servant. But the father showed up and said, you're not a servant, you're a son. And my friend, today, you're not a servant. God's not looking for servants. He's declaring his fatherhood over your life. Your heavenly father's wanting to adopt you as his child, as his son, as his daughter. And if you would just say yes. If you would in this moment trust the love of your heavenly father enough to put the pain of your past aside. Let him embrace you and love you. He'll adopt you right here this morning as his child. Your heart can be healed. Your identity restored. Your value replaced. Your direction reset. Father, right now, our heads are bowed and your people are praying. There might be one child in this house that doesn't know you as their father. Maybe those that know you as God, but Father, Father, not yet. Father, I'm praying for them this morning. Lord, that every lie, every hindrance, every wall, every barrier of resistance would be removed right now by your Holy Spirit. Father, that your love would reach a place in their life right now that it's never reached before. Every excuse, every wall of resistance would be removed. Holy Spirit, invade their hearts and their lives right now. They can't come unless you draw them, so do what only you do. Draw them to the Father. Holy Spirit, move in this place with your drawing power. Would you pray this with me? Everybody. Heavenly Father, today I ask you to adopt me as your child. I turned away. I made mistakes. I've experienced pain, loss, discouragement. I have scars. Would you forgive me? Restore me today. I desire, I hunger for your love. I receive your adoption today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, I pray for your people. Lord, there are some here today that know they're adopted, but they carry the orphan's heart with them. Like little baby Grace is going to have to do, they've, they've never been able to overcome the reality and the heartache and the pain of their past. So it's, it's affected down through the years their relationship with you. So Father, could you break through that barrier as well? For those that are sons and daughters in the house already, but Father, could you go to the core of their heart this morning? Holy Spirit, you search the hearts of men. And Lord, could you just reach out and touch that place of pain in their life? Could you just 
Let them know you love them. That you heal them. Right now. Right where they're at. Father, wrap them with your love. Would you pray this with me? Say, Father, I release my past. I give up my orphan's heart. I receive your healing today. In Jesus' name. I embrace my identity, my value as your child and the direction you have for my life. From this day on, I'll tell others about my Father's love. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't God good? So it's there in your outline, but two weeks ago on Monday, I had dinner with a group of pastors, and my pastor friend Mark Butler was sharing something they did in their church prior to Easter in a campaign called Where's Frank? He started sharing that with me. Frank's right over here. But he was sharing it in a different context. And it was shared in the context of this. Frank is your friends, your relatives, your associates, your neighbors, and your kids' friends. Because Jesus said it's unacceptable to have an empty seat. So we look around today and we should just ask, wait a minute, where's Frank? Because that should be a friend, a relative, an associate, a neighbor. One of my kids' friends could be in that chair. Those are all people that need to know the Father's heart and the Father's love. And so if we ever take it serious, see, I said that because we read those verses. Jesus said it's unacceptable. When the servant came and said, hey, there's still empty seats. Jesus said that's unacceptable. That's a serious matter. So go out and if need be, drag them in because there should never be an empty seat at the Father's table. But he had to send somebody out to go do it. So we're asking you on May 15th. May 15th is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday means that God poured out his spirit. And when the spirit of God came upon his people, they received power to be a witness. To tell people about the love of the Father. So on May 15th, we're going to launch our Where's Frank campaign. Amen. Let me see your outline. Or, where's Don? Don stands for discouraged, overlooked, and neglected. You know somebody that's discouraged, overlooked, and neglected. Or you know a Frank. (laughs) Hey, Ben? But what we're going to do, we're going to make up t-shirts that just say, where's Frank? And we're going to ask you to wear them. And Frank, you need to wear one. And we're going to say, where's Frank? (laughs) Where's Frank? What's that mean, where's Frank? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because Frank stands for friends, relatives, associates, acquaintances. And since you asked, we're now acquainted. (laughs) Neighbors, kids as friends that need to know 
There's a God in heaven who is their heavenly father and he loves them and they're appointed to adoption. And if you don't know God as your father, he wants to adopt you. Would you like to come to his house with me? And you can just wear a t-shirt and start a conversation. Amen. Well, what does that mean? You just tell him, there's a God who loves you. Who wants to adopt you. He's waiting. Would you like to come and meet him? Do you know that 55% of people say. Over half of people say. I would go to church. If somebody would give me a serious invitation. That means you got a one in two chance of hitting a home run. You can't even bat that good in baseball. Nobody has a 500 record batting. Hey, Ben. So you got a one in two chance of having a 500 season this year in the Lord. How many would like to be a part of finding Frank? Amen. This is, this is what we're going to ask you to do. And you can't pick on this Frank. Don't, don't come up. You don't come up. I found him. I found him. Do we have any other Franks? Anybody else named Frank in the house? I know this Frank. Anybody else named Frank? Well, don't bring me a Frank. We have our Frank. All right. We want Franks. We want friends. We want real. Now, now get this. Jesus said, Jesus said, don't invite yours. There are other friends. There are other people's relatives. There are other people's associates. There are other neighbors. There are other, there, there are other people. Because what happened is the first ones who were invited all had an excuse. So when everybody you've already invited already has given you their excuse, go find you a Frank. And God will use you. So what we ask you to do, there's a sign-up sheet out there where you would put your name and your shirt size. And then for $10, we're ordering shirts. Amen. Because we're asking you to buy it. Because if you say you'll buy it, and then we buy it, you might forget you said you bought it. And then, you, but if you order it and you buy it, we'll get. And on May fifteenth, May fifteenth, we're going to have them here. And after church, we're going to pray. We're going to hand everybody out their T-shirt on May fifteenth, and we're going to pray. And we're going to send you out anointed in the Holy Ghost to go get some Frank. And we are not going to have empty seats in the house of the Lord any longer. It's a will of God that His house be filled, His table be filled, and that orphans find their place in the house of God. Amen. Stand to your feet this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. If you need prayer, you need healing in your body. I can't let my Anglican brothers outdo me. We have oil in the house this morning. So if you need prayer in any area, you come forward. We have elders and leaders that will pray for you. But I want you to sing this song before we go. Listen, it says, I couldn't run from his presence. Come on, just under. God chased you down. He found you. Now let's go out and find somebody that needs to know that God loves them and bring them into the Father's house. Amen. If you need prayer, you come. Let's sing this and then we'll be dismissed. Go ahead, guy. Go ahead and sing the whole song. Run. Couldn't run from his arms. I couldn't run, couldn't run.
from his presence. Yeah. in Jesus' name. Touch and heal, Father. 